Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. So this is week two of Advent, and in the last Advent episode, we talked about um, hope. Goodness gracious, escaped my mind for a moment there. We talked about hope, which was the first week's theme. This week's theme is peace. And sticking with the lectionary, I'm going to um, read the three verses or three sections of scripture that I use to meditate on and reflect on this theme of peace. And we'll dig into that here, uh, into peace in a moment. But the scriptures are Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 15a. And Mark 1, 1 through 8. So I will read those three scriptures now. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low, and uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out! And I said, What shall I cry? The people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. And now from Second Peter. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all those things are to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading those lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and dissolved, and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. 
Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our, bro our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. And now from Mark. The Gospel of the Good News of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So, often when we come to Advent, if you're in a church that um, goes through the Advent calendar or focuses on Advent and Advent themes, you know, as we go through these various weekly themes, I, I wonder if we miss an opportunity to get more from the beautiful reminders that this season brings. The first week of Advent brought with it the reminder of hope, hope in what we believe has been, is, and will happen yet. We find hope in God, and we find hope that the triune God through Jesus Christ will return. Just as Jesus the Christ came into the chaos of this world thousands of years ago, we find hope in the return. Though Christmas does not always bring with it a season that instills hope, as much as it is a nostalgic cycle of Christmas songs, beautiful hymns, and a bustling festive time, the hope can be lost amidst Christmas movies and the rush for gifts. With the second week of Advent comes the reminder of peace. Peace on earth, goodwill to all. Peace to all humankind, peace incarnate in the one Jesus Christ. Peace brings with it some challenges in a lot of ways. Um, I looked at a couple different dictionaries uh, in preparing for this. And generally, they all define peace as freedom from disturbance, or a state or period free from war and chaos. One of the challenges of this concept of peace is that it is something not always modeled well for us. The United States, where I live, for instance, uh, has only had 15 or 17 years of peace from war since its founding. That gets smaller if you want to get really nitpicky, and not many of those were consecutive years. That is just war now. What about peace from the various levels of chaos in our lives from other sources? Economic peace, social peace, or political peace? If we think about most major topics that we find important, we will likely find that there is not a lot of long-standing peace that surrounds us on a large scale. 
And if we look a little smaller, we might find more peaceful times in our local communities, whether that be in our counties, townships, uh, villages. However, I'm sure you can recall that one issue or politician or group that has been a source of aggravation for a bit of time. Even if it's just your neighbor down the way, peace is not necessarily something that is modeled well for us in our society today. And I've wondered at times how many people hear the hymns or Christmas songs talking about peace on earth and could actually find it something they believe is possible. Something other than the shadow cast down through our faith tradition, this idea of peace. An absence of war, chaos, or freedom from disturbance. That peace certainly seems difficult, if not impossible, to actually see happen. What about that other idea? You know, the freedom from disturbance. Some might call this tranquility. This seems perhaps a bit more plausible. I am sure there are a few moments that you can recall where you felt at peace in yourself. No stress, no interruptions, you just found yourself existing in a state of peace. But even this kind of peace gets spoiled at some point. A phone call, a text, an email, social media notification, newspaper, nightly news, someone just dropped by, child uh, ran in. Lots of different things seem to interrupt our peaceful moments. And in different religions, especially in uh, Asian religions, uh, they spend a great deal of time teaching one to find inner peace. And even then, many come close to the end of their lives before they feel they can comprehend what peace means. And I'm sure that these first few moments of this episode do not help provide one with a framework for peace if actually providing a reason to find oneself in an absence of peace. The point here is for us to start asking ourselves what peace actually is in our lives. I would like you, actually, to, uh, in your mind, imagine what it would look like for you to have peace in your daily life. Is that finding yourself in a place of physical peace? You find yourself living in a land that's not at war? Has little of this chaos we all know? Is that peace and well-being? You know you're in a safe place. Your mental well-being is secured. Your spiritual well-being is grounded. What is peace for you? And the next question to begin to shift towards is, which of all the ways we could find peace is the most important? What is your peace pyramid, if you will? What is the hierarchy? It's not all peace is the same peace. Even in our definition, there is multiple parts, right? Peace from war, peace from chaos. I would like to suggest to us all that there is one piece more important than the rest because it affects all the others on a massive scale, especially when many people prioritize this piece over another. In the reading from 2 Peter, we find an interesting statement. Peter writes, 
Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Now, the Greek word here uh, for peace is irenii, um, and it could be more translated as tranquility or at health, so related to those types of peace. What might Peter be talking about here? Let our Lord Jesus Christ find you at peace without spot or blemish. And if we dig into the Greek words used for spot and blemish, it is uh, the meaning for them would be more akin to uh, be blameless and be without any defects. Perhaps this gives us some clues to what Peter is alluding to. I'm, I'm fairly confident that what Peter is saying is not related to physical health. Else, I'm pretty much a, a creek without a paddle, being born with asthma and having psoriasis. I kind of um, natural selected out. I am confident that it has less to do, though, on the pressures of the world and more to do with our relationship with God. That inner peace, and specifically our disposition toward our Creator and our relationship with them. When we think of where our Jewish siblings were when they approached the first Christmas, many were unaware that Jesus was coming. They were not uh, expecting either that he was going to be coming to bring them spiritual salvation. They were expecting salvation and peace to be brought through war, subsequently through death and through ridding them of the occupying Roman Empire. They were mostly focused on searching for a peace that was based in this world. They were looking in a poor direction to find what God had promised them would happen. Their hope was misguided and their peace was not to be found. For later on, when we get to Easter, spoiler, um, those who held hope that Jesus would not just flip the tables in the temple courtyard, but that of the whole Roman army, found themselves rather in despair. Because this Jesus guy could not be the Messiah, he just died. The peace they sought would not be a military peace. The peace that ought to come first in any search for peace is that in one's soul. Your soul needs to find peace between you and God, and in a faith that is secure in Jesus Christ and fed by the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist preached in preparing the way for the Messiah. He did not talk about overthrowing whatever political power was in control. He did speak out against the decisions of government leaders who were out of step with the Word of God. But the first priority of John was individuals being in alignment with God. That is where it all starts. And preparing your souls, finding spiritual peace. One more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. John had this spiritual peace. John's statement is not of self-deprecation. It is not of uh, low self-worth. It is not one made under duress or in fear that he had to make it. 
It came first from an internal peace that John knew who he was and that he belonged to God. His soul, the foundation of his well-being, started in being in an upright relationship with God, one where he recognized God as the creator and provider for his very life. His peace is shown in how he lived his life. He relied on God for his survival in the world. He lived in the wilderness and found food, clothing, and shelter there. He was at peace with God up till he was murdered. The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. The pyramid of peace, the one that has a domino effect on all the others, starts in the soul. It starts in your heart, your mind, wherever it is you have to come to terms with who you are and who you are in Jesus Christ. The reason we struggle to find peace in this world, whether in our time here in 2023 or over the last many thousands of years, is because collectively, we as a people struggle to stay secure in that spiritual peace. That peace is firstly found in being in a right relationship with God. And as we move more closely to Christmas every day, and we read and sing about all those angels talking to the shepherds, saying they come bearing peace and goodwill to all humankind, I believe that we need to step back and examine ourselves and ask, where is my peace? Is it secured in what this whole thing is about? Is it secured in Jesus Christ, who came to earth as a vulnerable infant to save us all from our spiritual blemishes, our sins and transgressions against God? I implore you all to examine these questions. Dear children of God, where is your peace found? What is the most important peace to you? Are you putting your hope in the correct place? If you are, you will work for and find this peace. It will not be easy at times. I have been in disagreement with God and mad at God myself a good number of times. When I finally worked through those moments, I can tell you the peace that I found afterwards was immensely joyful and worth the work to achieve. Christmas approaches, friends. Don't wait to examine where you find your peace. The one who is coming, we are not worthy to untie their sandals, but they are coming for each of you. Let Jesus find you at peace with your God. And as the prophet Isaiah says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. That is my favorite way to end a sermon when I preach, and it is a fitting end to this episode as we reflect on where our peace comes from. I would love to hear from you, love to hear your thoughts on this and any other topic that I've covered in the past or anything you'd like to hear in the future. What are your thoughts on peace, on the peace pyramid or hierarchy? Down in the show notes and episode description is all the contact for the podcast. You can reach out on social media, through email. If you're listening on Spotify, you can respond directly through uh, a little 
question down in the episode notes. As always, I hope that you are doing well. Know that God loves you so very much. There is nothing that you or anyone else can do about that. We'll see you in the next episode.